Why must we have our feelings illuminated or changed? Exactly. I always say this about feelings. Feelings are just, they're really nothing. They're just indicators of a present mood. So if I'm sad, I'm just sad in that moment. The best way to handle sadness is to say, okay, why am I sad? Is it worth me even being sad? And what are the consequences if I stay sad? That's why I always say facts over feelings. So if I have the light of God in me through his Holy Spirit, then he will illuminate my feelings that some of you all may have negative feelings towards your dad. You may have negative feelings towards your mom. You may have negative feelings about a person in class. You may have negative feelings. But if you invest in those feelings and you start expanding those feelings, then feelings leads to what? Actions. So if I have the Holy Spirit illuminating inside of me, showing me, hey, man, this too shall pass. Hey, man, forgive your pops. He didn't know what he meant. He don't know what he's really doing. Forgive your mom. Then, then you will begin to change the way you feel so then you can change the way you deal in life, right? And so we need the Holy Spirit lighten us. And so, But if our spirit, man, is dark and our spirit, man, is not alive and I, we're not allowing our spirit, man, through the Holy Spirit to thrive, then we won't be able to survive, right? So what is something else that we need to be or have illuminated inside of us? We said feelings. What else? Perspectives. Why must we have our perspectives illuminated? That's right. Worldview is important. Who knows the definition of a worldview? I mean, it's the definition of the word is how you view the world. Perspectives are important. Each and every one of us have lenses. How we see manhood, how we see womanhood, how we see money, how we see life. We see things uniquely based upon our environments based upon our upbringing, based upon our peers. We see things differently, right? So we need our perspectives illuminated through the Holy Spirit. We need to understand why we believe what we believe, because if not, then we'll see the world wrong. Do you know that all of us can look at the same thing and get a different outcome? So if I, give me a word, a random word about anything that, mo that all of us see every day. School. School. Each and every one of us sees this a certain kind of way. Some of us see it like, I don't want to be here. Some people look at it and say, I want to be here. There, there's, there's certain people here that you love. Some people you don't. There's, there's things in this school, but what type of perspectives will cause a person to see this negatively? What are some of those perspectives? Huh, rules. Yeah, we'll start there. Why do we say or dislike rules? Or how does rules affect the way we see school? Mm. <laughs> we about to be discussing for 40 minutes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why, why do we, how does seeing school through the lens of rules cause us neither to not like or like school? Yes. Dress code, yeah. What else? No. <laughs> how can rules how do since bruh, how do we see rules how does rules are, how do I say it? how does rules have us see school negatively or positive my bad bro because it implies enforcement like it takes away things that we would want to do 
And we said dress code, right? One more. Phone. So now, one thing that I help people say, and people usually come to me to gain a perspective on things, right? I went through the same hallways. This was my homeroom class, I think, in 11th grade. Like, so I, I've went through the same, and actually our rules was worse. Like we, well, we didn't have phones back then, but we, 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 man, we had to dress. Our dress code, we didn't have the cool uniforms y'all have, right? So, I know, not cool. But what I'm saying is this. The goal in life is to make sure that we train ourselves to see things the way, the best way possible. I always say optimism helps you see opportunities, right? So, of course, if I see through the lens of rules, school, then it's going to affect my, my movement, my momentum is going to affect my mindset while I'm here. Now, the perspective has to shift. So when I look at the word enforcement, because I went through this, so I understand this. I look at it now at 36 years old. I said, I now understand the rules. Because now when I got out of high school, I realized that when I worked at the YMCA, the YMCA had rules. When I worked at CMS, CMS had rules. When I worked here as an employee, there's rules that wherever I go in life, even when I do business, I have rules for those that I do business with. So now I begin to understand why enforcement is enforcement, because no matter where you go in life, there's parts of you not going to like. Like, I don't like I don't want to wear ties every day or long sleeve shirts every day. But I but I understand the rule. It's because I want to make sure, or they, whatever the reason why they enforce it. Let me tell you this also, that one day when you have your own business, one day when you have your own organization, no matter where you go in life or whatever you start in life, I promise you're going to have some things you're going to enforce. Now, also, when you look at dress code, man, Chick-fil-A, they say ladies can't even wear certain nails at a certain length, that you can't have certain hairdos. That's Chick-fil-A. You know why? Because the person that establishes the organization has the right to determine how they want to be perceived. And then also when you look at some of the things and when it comes to rules in school, it's like the more I begin to abide by rules, it doesn't mean that I'm, um, how can I put this? It doesn't mean that I'm not, uh, I don't have a voice. It just means it's teaching me that no matter where I go in life, there's a voice higher than mine. And I know it sucks at times. But if you continue to look at school through the lens of rules, then you won't maximize the opportunities at school. And it becomes frustrating. And then you become aggravated. And then you become defiant. And then you become rebellious. And then if you continue to operate in those different type of spiritual lanes, then you're going to find yourself on the streets doing the same thing. So, for instance, if I, get, if I was defiant and was bucking up against rules, then what happens when I get pulled over? I'm going to want to get out the car and be like, man, and then what's going to happen then? I could possibly be what? Shot and dead, right? So when I get pulled over, what I do is I put my hands on the dashboard, I cut all the lights on in my car, and I say, yes, sir. The goal is not to prove if I was right or wrong. The goal is to get home. And so when you understand the game has rules, then you'll say, how can I navigate these spaces the right way? It's just a game of life, man. And that's why it comes back to what we were saying is if you allow heresy or 
uh, uh, contradictory statements to cause to affect you the way you see school, then what's going to happen in 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, college, or, or whatever higher forms of knowledge, wherever you want to go, you're going to be like, man, everywhere I go, there's rules. But then in life is, if you, if you play well within the rules, you find good success. So, yeah. And phones, man. We know good and well if y'all have phones in here, y'all wouldn't be paying attention. No. No, it's <laughs> I think uh, they should listen to our phones, but we can not be in them in classroom. And if you get caught with them, then take them. Yeah, I mean, with phones, man, they're addicted. Go ahead, bro. I say it depends on the teacher. Like, if you're born, I'm going to be on my phone. I'm not going to. Bro, bro. Baby, I, I did that all in our case. Like, but no, that's, that's real. That's real. I'm going to say, if you're a born teacher, I have to be on my phone because I can't be just sitting here listening to you. I understand. And, and there's, and there's so, different. And there's. <laughs> Yeah, all those statements, all those statements are true. And so that's why and that's why certain rules are enforced is because something proved that rule needed to be exist, need to exist. So, for instance, there probably wasn't a phone rule until it became unruly. Then people said, now I got to I got to have a rule in place because now the academic uh, 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 process is not being developed and people are distracted because even with my phone, like phones are addicting. They, they say this, your uh, other organ, they say the next 10 to 20 years, there may be like, you know, cigarette boxes that says this thing caused cancer. They said they're going to, they, in the next 10, 20 years, there may be something on these phones that may say warning when used because these things have become psychologically damaging to people. To the point to where, like, when I grew up, like, we actually had to walk up to a girl and, and, and be in that uncomfortable situation and be like, hey, I think you're beautiful. Or, you know, can I get your AOL Instant Messenger? Can I, can I, tap, can I type you sometimes? You know, like, all that stuff, right? Now, think about it. Think about it. In y'all's day and age, y'all can talk on the phone for hours. But in person, you're like, I don't even know how to... See what I'm saying? And so with phones, you got you to gotta begin to realize that this thing is being designed to make us more like machines than human beings. So now we can't even interact with each other anymore accurately because now everything has to be through a device. All right? And so that's why it's like certain rules have to be in place because, man, the human nature is just going to continue to devour things. And then, then you're not, no longer successful in anything. Could you really go an hour without your phone? Yes. Yeah, of course. Could you go a day without your phone? Yes. Okay, good. All right, let's go back. We'll, 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 get, we'll get back to the book. <laughs> all right, here we go, here we go. All of, uh, all of the other apostles were dead. John was the last of the original 12. We talked about yesterday how a lot of them died. Like a lot of them was crucified upside down. So imagine being beaten, being, I mean, crucifixion, the, 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 the way they display Jesus, not even close to how crucifixion was. They said that, that when they beat you, like, like your face is swollen, like you can see pe people's organs and intestines. You, you, I mean, they were beaten so bad and the beating not only was embarrassing, but it was to the point to where they kept you alive enough to still be tortured. So then one of the disciples said, I'm not even worthy to be crucified like Jesus. Crucify me upside down. So that man doubled down on his belief in God. So that whatever Jesus said or did must have been so life transfer transformational that he was like, fam, kill me for him. Because now 
crucifixion probably lasted about two or three hours, three or four hours, right? But what's three or four hours compared to eternity, right? So we talked about now John was the last of the 12 that didn't get beaten or pushed off a cliff or stoned to death or stabbed to death or, or, or stoned uh, who could have given apostles eyewitness account of Christ's life on earth. Heresies about Christ, we talked about what heresy is, is a lie that creeps in in the lives of a believer that calls them to stray from their belief. We're creeping into the church. In light of these facts, John's writings could not only present a true account of what Christ had done, but also combat the false teachings about his life. And now, the, their world was different than our world. Like, for instance, everybody in here can remember what they was doing when Kobe died, right? I was in Walmart I get my wife's oil change It was right after church Notification popped on my phone Kobe died Right Everybody in this room can remember when Kobe died Where they was when Kobe died I remember where I was when 9-11 happened I was in I think it was Mr. Hall's room Where, where it was now Mr. Uh, Ross ran down the hallway Cut the TV on And we watched the, the news about 9-11 I, I won't ever forget that. So this gives a little implication to how life was back then. Like our memories are bad right now because even though we're advanced in technology, we're not advanced as human beings. They were more advanced in being humans than far as being advanced technology. Look at the pyramids, even though I still believe that uh, uh, Nephilims built them things. And who knows what Nephilim is? Those were the giants of the day. They were 36 foot tall. Uh, they were uh, the angels, the fallen angels slept with women. And when they slept with the women, they brought giants. Uh, Goliath wasn't the tallest giant. Goliath was only, what, nine foot tall? They, you know, one of the shortest ones because they were 36 foot tall, super strong, right? So they were the ones that built the pyramids. Right now, uh, different countries and different presidents and leaders are still negotiating with uh, uh, fallen angels to create these technologies. We ain't that smart, fam. There's something else beyond us that's given us these technologies, right? And so, what I, what I said that for? Man, I'd be going in these rabbit holes and I'd be forgetting. What, what, what you Man, created giants. But what I say before that? Oh, I got it, I got it. So basically what this was, was John was actually alive after Jesus' death, right? So he was able to go to whatever he missed while he was writing the gospel. He was able to go to that person's house. All right, so what did Jesus do when he was in your village? So if someone took a bullet, if I took a bullet from Michaela, she's going to remember the street corner I got shot at. She's going to always remember what clothes I had on. She's always going to remember. She's always going to remember it because it was significant. None of us ever going to forget something that significantly happened, right? So when John was writing his gospel, he was able to go to eyewitnesses and say, not only his eyewitness, if he forgot something, he was able to go to someone else. But who was the real author? Who brings all things back to our remembrance? The Holy Spirit. Right. So the real author was Holy Spirit. So what he's saying is, is that John or this will kind of help you that the Bible wasn't the Gospels wasn't just written 400 years afterwards where people's memories are fuzzy, where nobody was alive when that happened. It, they went to eyewitnesses and him, too, was an eyewitness. 
In light of these facts, John's writers could not only present true account of what Christ had done, but also combat the false teachings about his life. So uh, who has a brother here or sister? Your sister, right? Me too. So your sister, your sister, somebody comes here and be like, man, your sister this or that. And you be like, no, I know my sister. Like, fam, don't don't talk about my sister like that, right? We can talk about our siblings, but you can't, right? The same thing is about John. So when 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 people was coming into the church saying stuff wrong and he walked with Jesus, he was able to say, no, nah, that ain't true, fam. I walked with this guy. Right. So, for instance, I've lived a long, a long enough life with God to be able to say that ain't of God, fam. Like that ain't how he rock. Like when people come and say, uh, uh, God don't love me. Nah, man, I know his love. You may have been taught wrong about his love or may not have ever been taught by his love, but I know his love. Right. So let's keep going. Y'all want to just keep reading? Or y'all want anybody want to read next, next paragraph? Oh, I get you. I get you. One. you. You have one or you don't? <laughs> Look at Steph. Like a stay farm. Good name. <laughs> Anybody else want to read? You want me to just read? Anybody want to read? Some people like reading. Man, state farms all over the place, man. The second paragraph, but John's primary. The John's primary reading of Blinding's gospel is different. He started John 20 30. And many other songs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in his book. But his purpose was not to tell what Christ did. In fact, John chose to write about only seven of Christ's miracles. Rather, it was to tell who Christ is. As it stated in verse 31, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believe in ye might have life in Let's stop there. That's powerful. So John was was more was more intimate, not intimate, but not in that way, but real close friends with Jesus. Like he was, that's his, that was Jesus, man. So he wasn't caught like when. Like when you in love, well, when you like someone or when you, well, I'm married. So my wife, it's not about what my wife can do for me. It's not about what she can cook, clean or whatever. It ain't about that. It's more about who she is. So as she is right now, I would be, y'all would throw stones at me if I came here and was like, and I, you heard me on the phone, my wife, oh, you better have my food done by, by 6 p.m. or I'm slapping you across. Y'all be like, Mr. Ezzy, chill. She, y'all wouldn't even say that. Y'all call cops. But what I'm saying is, as a husband... Who just witnessed his wife go through one of the biggest transformational processes ever. It would be unruly and unfair of me to be like, you still got to cook for me. It should now be me saying, what can I cook for you? Right. My mindset shouldn't be about what she can do or who, what she should do. It should be about who she is and is becoming. Like when we, when we, you know, when she's going through different variations of this process, I have to be gentle because it's not about what she can do. It's about who she is. Like she's never been here before. She's never had a kid before. She's never been a mom before. So what John is saying is like, I'm not even going to hype y'all or get y'all excited about his miracles because all y'all wanted free sandwiches and stuff. Y'all just wanted free fish plates. I'm going to teach you about who he is, right? And so that's why, you know, a lot of people come to Christianity based upon what Christianity can do for them versus who the Christ is. Who is he? 
Like his spirit is with us, right? So you you said that you heard that friends, his spirit will always be with us. You know, when uncle dies, Pop Paul dies, but man, he he going but his living on with us is deeper because of his spirit, right? So you want to keep reading, Jeremiah? You good? So he said here, it says, uh, but his purpose, and I love this with John. John also said in 2030, and many other signs truly did Jesus in his presence of his disciples, which I read. So that means Jesus did more than what he documented in, in, in all the gospels. It also says, uh, but his purpose was not to tell what Christ did. In fact, John chose to write about only seven of Christ's miracles. Rather, it was to tell who Christ is as it stated in verse 31. You want to keep reading, bro? Or anybody else want to read? I'll go ahead. You want, you want to read again? Ah, I see it in your eyes, man. Go ahead and read, my brother. We are about to embark on a study of one of the most precious, most important, and most powerful books of the Bible. Our little vocabulary and style of writing used by its author are simple, leading some scholars to refer to it as the simple gospel. His simple style and elementary vocabulary are a bit deceptive because the gospel of John is the most profound of the four yeah. gospels. It, its message is to, is so theologically deep in some places that the Bible scholars have studied it for centuries in attempts to, uh, to understand fully its meaning and implications. And they still don't know it all. It's powerful. So John gospel was different because it was simple. Now, if I came in here and used a bunch of 10, 12, 50 letter words, big words, y'all going to be like, man, you drowning me, fam. Like the people who reaches the most people are people who can talk in people's day, like in people's lives They connect with them. That's why in this class, I know I have football players. I know I have basketball players. I know I have athletes. I know I have academia people in here. So I have a lot of people. So I can't just be like talking about hockey all day. If I talk about hockey all day, y'all going to be looking at me like, bro, fam, this is the wrong audience, bro. It don't matter how much I love hockey. <laughs> I don't. But what it don't matter, let's <laughs> say if I did, I can't communicate hockey to football and basketball people, right? I can't communicate uh, uh, in ways that's not going to connect to you. So I have to pull a Tom Brady in my mess. I have to pull LeBron in here. I got to pull different people in so you can be like, oh, that makes sense, right? John was doing the same thing. John was like, fam, I'm not going to oversaturate y'all with all these deep words and stuff. I'm just going to keep it simple. That's powerful. You want to keep reading? You good, Jim. I pay you by the paragraph. I'm joking. I'm joking. Ah, I mess it. I mess it. I just, everybody look at me now. I'll read now. A dollar paragraph. I mess with you. I ain't paying y'all no money. I'm just, I'm just joking. A dollar paragraph. I might do that. I might do that. That's a good idea. Not right now, though. Not right now. I got a, I got, I got a baby. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Various scholars. I'm joking. I'm going to go with that. Page four. Page four. Yeah, yeah. No dollar, though. Man, that's a Jerome. A Jerome. <laughs> My bad. No, I'm talking about Jerome. They had a Jerome back in the Bible days. Must have been black. 
All right, keep going. Also teaches some very profound doctrines that provide the heart of the gospel of salvation. In his gospel, John states a glorious principle. People's souls can be saved by believing in Christ and his atoning work on the cross. John reveals a glorious person, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God in the flesh, although the doctrine of the deity of Christ is in the forefront of the book, it does not lose sight of the humanity of Christ. But John's gospel also shows the glorious privilege and one can have eternal life through believing We'll stop there. Man, person and privilege. I, I love that, man. It's like because of the principle, and I and my, my nephew just just go with me down this path. Because of me as a person, I'm uh, as a principle, I understand the principles of being an uncle. There are certain principles I have to go by. I have to be an example of, of what a man is supposed to be. I have to, you know, back when he was a younger guy, he needed V-Bucks, I got him V-Bucks. You know what I'm saying? But the principle of being an uncle is, if he's hungry, you got to feed him. I remember when he was at uh, Union Prep, who took him to practice every day? It was a principle of being an uncle, right? <clears throat> every time he, you know, talked junk and talking about he'd be dribbling in the, in, the, in, the, in the living room, talking about, I'll give you 40. And I said, it's by all means, as a principle, as an uncle, I got to drive this boy to the park and, and put some principle and put some perspective in his head that he still can't get no buckets on me. Now, I only got two years left against Chris because when Chris gets seven foot, 6'10, ain't nothing I can do then. I'm going to have to do step backs at half court. So, anyway. There's principles as an uncle. I, 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 I can't deviate from it. There were some days where I was dog tired and I didn't want to take him to practice. But the principle was as his uncle, you got to do it. Right. With those with the principle of being an uncle, there are privileges. Me as a person and living by these principles automatically gives him privileges. Y'all as a ninth grade class. Y'all, y'all the class that gets donuts first. Y'all get the treats. Y'all, I'm not getting pieces for everybody's class. I'm not getting donuts for everybody because of me as the principal, not principal, but the principal of me being the teacher of this class, the, the person that I am creates what? Privileges that other classes possibly envy. So when we had the pieces, y'all eat first. If there's anything left over, we may give it to somebody else, right? The same is with Jesus. He was saying, I'm going to show, John was saying, I'm going to show you the person so you can see his principles and then be have access to his what? Privileges. When I understood Christ more as a person through his spirit, then I'm like, fam, if I adopt his principles, I get his privileges. Privileges, life ain't about the privileges. It's about just the honor and respect of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I respect y'all. Like, I love y'all. Like, like I'm, I want to give y'all donuts every, you know, every time I want. I want, I'm coming up different ways of, well, we got pizza last. I'm still thinking about, I ain't got the girls, they fry box piece things of chicken. See what I'm saying? But that's just the person I am. And that's just the heart I have. The same as with God. God is saying, man, if you just get to know me as a person, and understand why I think the way I think and do what I do, you'll be surprised of the privileges. And that's what John was saying. He said, man, listen, let me show you the person. Let me let you understand the principles so that you can understand and receive the privileges. What do you think are the top privileges of being a believer in God? What do you think are the top privileges of following Jesus? What do you think are the best privileges? The best privileges. privileges. Friendship. Yep. Why is his friendship 
so important compared to other friendships? I don't have many friends that done left. Now I know the value of a friend. Now when people come in my life, see, when I was in my, no, I'm in my heyday now, but when I was traveling and preaching everywhere, like people was coming uh, because I'm Coach Josh. On YouTube, I'm Coach Josh. You know, I missed the answer here, Coach Josh. And people, and I thought, oh, they love me. No, they love the YouTube me. They don't love me. I was at the, uh, I was somewhere yesterday and a lady came up to me. She said, I watch your videos and I watch them all the time. I'm not going to make her a friend just because she watched my videos and because I felt like a, 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 a a Z-list celebrity, and I was like, oh, snap, you watch my videos, and, I, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, man, you can't, I've learned, you can't make friends of those people, because when they get and meet Joshua Ejike, that the real me, they ain't going to really be feeling me, because this person's complex, go ahead, swear. Yes, my bad, Steph, Stephen, Jaden, you got to go to Miss McCullough, I know, man. Take your stuff with you. Uh, you can leave it here. That's fine. Appreciate you guys representing us. Woo! We need you to lower taxes. But anyway, friendship. Now I know. Let me tell you something about friendship. Look at Jesus' life, right? There was the crowd. There was the Pharisees. There was the 70. There was the 12. There was the three. Then it was him and the father. What do you think about those each levels represent? The crowd represents the people of what? What, what was the crowd represent? People that, what, go ahead. Uh, outsiders. outsiders, what else? Outsiders, that's good. People who just got hyped because he made turn fishes and multiply them. The crowd ain't what you... So, for instance, like people can look at my subscribers and be like, okay, he has 56,000 or 57,000 subscribers. That don't mean nothing. What means something is those people who really rock with me. Because you got a bunch of people that will subscribe to you, but then forget about you. Then he had the Pharisees. Who are the Pharisees? What they represent? Your haters. It was hating on Jesus. So in life, you're going to have your crowd. When you score a touchdown, the crowd going to cheer. And the same crowd that cheer for you, when you turn the ball over, what they going to do? You trash. I've seen it. I'm like, bro, you just, I just got a block. And now I come down foul to man. Now you trying to, them sideline coaches, you be like trying to coach you. Like, like fam, come out here. I, I, sometimes we want to pause the game. Hey, you, me and you right now. <laughs> Check up. <laughs> You want to talk, you want to coach me, but what I'm saying is, <clears throat> they're haters, right? You're always going to have the crowd, the crowd will change on you. Your Pharisees will always hate on you. The 70 represents the people that's, that's really your supporters, right? But they're also fickle. The 12 represents your what? Your disciples, but even in your 12, you can have a what? A Judas. Jesus went to a mountain and only took three of his disciples, and when he took them to the top of the mountain, he showed them his true self. He transfigured himself. That's a principle that in life, you're only going to really have about three solid friends. But even in that friendship, you got to begin to say his greatest connection, his greatest friend was his what? His father. So when I understand, hey, for instance, for me, and it's a principle for you. 
If you don't have, if you, if these two friends in your life are not good, you will always select bad friends. Who's those two friends? God and you. If you and God ain't best friends and you ain't a best friend to yourself, you ain't going to select good friends because you're going to be desperate for friends. I'm not desperate for a friend. I'm not desperate for anyone because me and God are pretty good. Why do me and God be good? So if my wife go rogue and my wife wants to leave me, it may sting, but it won't destroy me because me and God are good friends. I'm glad her and God are, are best friends because if her and God are best friends, I don't have to do more than what I need to do to be pleasing to her. So when you're desperate, you're going to always be looking for that person to give more. What is something else? And why do you even put friendship up there? What is what was our whole point of putting friendship up there? Man, bro. I, I, man. Yeah. So. Man, there was some good points, though. John's got to show his glorious privilege. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Privileges. One of the, one of the privileges was friendship. What is another privilege? Stand by friendship. What's another privilege of God? Thank, thank you all. She's not there. She's not, she not there? Okay. <laughs> What's another privilege? Thank you. What's another privilege that we have with God? We have friendship. What's another privilege that only God can give? Guidance. guidance. And why is guidance important? To know the perfect That's right. So even me as a counselor, I can give you the best advice in the world and be the worst advice in the world. Because it may not be the advice God wants you to have. So if, I, if a student comes to me and all I give them was, man, uh, Michaela, you should go to Oral Roberts University. It's a great school. You should go. And if God tell you, you're not even supposed to go to college. You're supposed to be an entrepreneur. My guidance, which sounds good in the scope of everybody else, is wrong for you. So I still, no matter how good advice a pastor can give, a teacher can give, a person can give, I still got to know the greatest privilege that I have is that I can get accurate guidance. Do you know the Holy Spirit is greater than the GPS? GPS tells you what the best route but the holy spirit can say you know what even as the quickest route to work go this way do you know I, there's there's probably countless of accidents i avoided just by listening to him most of the blessings you get from god is a blessing you'll never know about who almost kidnapped you who almost shot you who almost robbed you like if you like you'd be surprised how the holy spirit will guide you out of a situation like that's why i never get mad at traffic I never get upset in traffic because God may be using this traffic to keep me from an accident. Do you know how many times that, you know, you, you'll pass an accident, but then you'll be like, that could have been me if I would have left my house five minutes earlier. Think about that, that the Holy Spirit, you'll lose your keys. What did the Holy Spirit be like? Holy, I'm not saying he does that, but imagine if your keys get lost, quote unquote. And the whole purpose of your lost keys is for you to be five minutes late enough to live 50 more years. So all the blessings, the guidances that God gives, I got to trust. Like, I don't like rushing. If I'm late, I'm late. I'd rather be late and alive than to be early and dead. That's the guidance. One more, and then we'll be done for the day. What's another privilege that God gives? Chicken. <laughs> Did you say chicken? Hey, man. He probably did invent fried chicken. 
Life. Why life, my brother? Life. He gives us life. That's why the greatest miracle. Do you know we, 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 we witness a miracle every day? The miracle of waking up. Do you know how we take these two things for granted? We take waking up for granted and coming back home alive for granted. We take those two for granted every day. How many days have we gone by that we didn't even thank God for waking us up this morning? Starting us on, my, on our way. Like, how many times we came in the house, you dropped your gym bag off, you took your LeBrons off, and you laid down with some Gatorade, and then thank God that you made it home safe. We've all have. That's why even now in my life, I take time to thank him for life. Do you know how fragile? Like one cut here, I'm dead, bro. Like one cut in this, this vein right here, I'm dead. Like life is fragile. Like yesterday when I was driving home, man, I was sleepy, man. I was like, fam, I got to stay awake. Like, like, like life is fragile. That, that all of us being able to come to school every day, that's a blessing because somewhere on this planet, somebody intended to come to school. There's football players who intend to play on Friday. There are basketball players who intend to play this fall. There's people who are intending, but your life can end. That's why I appreciate life because life is all I got. If life is all I got, let me do something with it. Any questions, thoughts, things you learned, things you want to talk about? Questions, questions. Um, you know like, uh, like, the you know, no, I, the things about God is that blessings are blessings, whether we recognize them or not. A person's perspectives at a particular moment is what unlocks them to appreciate the blessing and then lead to salvation. But with him, God just, God just spreads blessings out there like that because he knows the word of God says the goodness of God is what draws people to repentance. Is there a certain goodness that God does for people who's on a wrong path? See, God knows the right amount of goodness to make you change your mind and see how good he is. And it, it could be a little thing for you and no thing for them. It just all depends on the person. But do God do, does God just uniquely for those individuals? He does it for everybody because he's been good to me today. See, I, as a believer, need to still know that God's good because it keeps me respectful. It keeps me appreciative. Like what I witnessed through my wife and child, like that gave me a level of faith in God. That's going to give me up about 15 more years. So God spreads his goodness out to everyone. Just not everyone's willing to. Accept it and and go ahead. Oh, I thought you had a question, but did I answer it a little bit? Okay, you're welcome. Anybody else? Anytime y'all have questions, I don't care if it's in the middle of me talking. If you say, Hey, man, I need to know, I need to better understand that, or I just have a random question, Mr. Ez, do you think LeBron, whatever the question is, <laughs> don't be afraid to answer. Ask, go ahead, bro. Hannah, Hannah Elizabeth Ezzy, yep, yep, appreciate you, appreciate you. Any questions? Everybody's good? All right, we're good. We're good. 